Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. Every two weeks, we post podcast versions of one of our free training videos, or you can access our videos now at beyondordinarywomen.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, and I'd like to welcome you today. We are going to be talking about healthy habits, for Lasting Ministry with Nika Spaulding, who is the resident theologian at St. Jude's Oak Cliff in the Dallas area. So Nika, just to start off with a question, what kind of habits are we talking about? Yeah, that's good. Uh, drinking orange juice for breakfast. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, that's what, I mean, there's yeah, all kind of, like, I mean, yeah. are we, are we? Running yeah. a 5K every three days and yeah. Uh, you know, actually some of, actually one of the habits I will talk about is taking care of our bodies. But what's funny about this topic is I think I'm like the, the like, the perfect poster child for I have not done these things throughout my time and suffered the consequences and so experience is a good teacher. It's not the best. Like I wish I had That's learned. How I've learned almost everything. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm with you. I'm the person when people say don't touch it, it's hot and I'm like uh, and so I have to have the, the burnt hand unfortunately. But um, there I have seen this reoccurring pattern in my own life and then as I've looked out and I've noticed so many books that are coming down the pike this is a topic that's getting a lot of airways because I think we now live in a culture that uh, really values busyness and hard work and we think rest is for the week. I can't tell you how many times I have people tell me you can sleep when you're dead and I'm like, no, literally studies are saying if you don't sleep, you will die. So, so what does that mean for us in ministry who aim to live a life dedicated to the Lord and we wanna do that for as many days as God gives us and we wanna do it well and excellently and so I think these are habits that I'm developing and I think that um, as I do them more and more they're leading to longer fuller happier more productive days in ministry and so um, so so the first one is this I, I'll just be honest I love to be all things for all people and yet scripture talks about the spiritual gifts we've got this from you know Romans 12 we've got this from 1st Corinthians 12 Ephesians 4 1st Peter 4 you've got a lot of New Testament talking about it and what that means is everyone is mission critical to the kingdom of God and what I did early in ministry is I did all the things. And so rather than recognizing this philosophy of God has gifted people with these gifts, and we know from Ephesians 2.10, he anticipates they're going to use them. I am impeding their ability to use them. And so I'm burning my candle at both ends and preventing people from using the very gifts that God's given them. Because everyone has these spiritual gifts, one of the things that I think a healthy, productive person in ministry are going to realize is you give ministry away. You give it away. And when we don't, what I learned in my life was I had such a scarcity mindset. I thought, hey gosh, there's only 10 things that need to be done. If I can do all 10, then I'm super valuable. The, 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 the harvest is plenty and the workers are few. There's lots to be done and there's always new places that your ministry can grow. And not only that, you don't need to do all the things. That's not who God intended us to be. And so one of the ways to ensure that you'll be in ministry a long time and productive is one, develop a great joy in seeing people use their gifts. And two, giving as much ministry away as you can. Um, you know, if I always tell people Sunday, people eventually, I run out of things to do, then great, I'll go on to the next post. And so we should not fear that. And instead, we should take seriously that people are meant to use their gifts within the context of the church. And so leaders should be giving ministry away left and right, and especially to gifted people. And to do that well, you have to trust God with them. That's right. Because you can't come behind them That's and exactly expect them right. to do everything the way that yeah. you would do it or to the perfection I feel like level. like you've been watching me lately. That's, yeah. Well, and that's so true because there is this, 
early on, it's often easier just to do it yourself. So I'm a part of a church plant right now. So early on, I did a lot just because that's, we, you know, we didn't have we any didn't people. Really have a right. I mean, that's yeah. what, and so there comes a transition point in every organization and ministry growth that you go, oh, there are bigger and better uses of my time because that's my role as resident theologian to do these other things. I should recruit people to do these and they may not do it the way that I do it. They may not do it as well as I could do it. But if I give them the chance, the opportunity, and the resources, the responsibility, and the authority, people tend to rise to the occasion. And if they don't, you deal with that. But I would tell you nine times out of ten, people tend to soar with that because it turns out people enjoy that stuff. And they do. And yeah. if, if, you're, if you're wise as you choose people, That's right. it makes it be different. Yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in who you choose and, yeah. and what you choose them for. Um, it's so good. The second thing we did talk about, you know, with the orange juice and the working out, which is a little tongue-in-cheek, but... There's a reason why God institutes the Sabbath, and there's a reason why a God who has boundless, infinite energy chooses to institute for us, even at the creation account, the Sabbath. And this side of the cross, we understand that Jesus is our Sabbath, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, and that we rest in him. But God puts boundaries in place for all of creation, and that's to teach us. There, I mean, there's a place, the ocean goes so far, and then he says no more, you know, and there's a boundary that he's put into us as humans. And I don't know how many more researchers we need to tell us that we need to be getting eight hours of sleep before we realize we need to be getting eight hours of sleep. And so they're, they're, one of the most faithful things I do is going to bed. I'm one of those people that I always think there's more to be done. I always want to achieve more. I have an idolatry of achievement. And so one of the things that has helped me to last enjoy ministry is the ability to say, God, you are pleased with me. I have done enough today because I'm pursuing your will and I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed because you ultimately are in control of all of this. I'm not, and I need to go, I need to take care of myself. And so I think if leaders can model that, because we are in, I'm seeing an epidemic of busyness in our society today, and people are not resting, and they're not taking care of themselves, and they're cheating corners, and I think there's a cost to that. And I think we need to take that seriously, that God intends for us to trust him while we sleep. And, um, and so I think that's another one is just to really model that for our people the third one is a little bit like the first one. In the first one, that where I say give ministry away. And the third one is, this, is really to stay in your gifting. And so uh, I have no business being in a nursery. I'll tell you a funny story. I, I served in a nursery one time, and there were only wooden blocks. And so I started juggling them because I didn't know what else to do to entertain these two-year-olds. Well, two-year-olds apparently like to mimic behavior, which is what I learned the hard way. Well, it was, again, only wooden blocks. Next thing you know, two-year-olds are just chucking wooden blocks at each other. And very quickly, a nursery worker who was much more skilled than me was like, I think we've got this. You can, you can go and park cars. And so uh, I, I, I truly, you know, until I became an aunt, didn't understand kids very well. And, uh, and even now, I have a difficult time communicating these profound theological truths to young people. And there are people who excel at that. There are people who, who are in their gifting. And so what I'd say is, so many people are striving sometimes to be in gifts that maybe aren't theirs. I see this with women who want to teach or lead, and maybe those aren't their highest gifts. And what I'd say is we need to create a culture where all the gifts are valued. That's one of the things we need to do. And then we need to be so content in who God has made us to be and how he's gifted us that we walk in that because it is where we are energized. It's where we know that God has chosen to give us works beforehand for us to do. And I think it's healthier if we stay in those places. And so that means saying no to things. I mean, there are opportunities that people invite me into that I go, gosh, I'm not your girl. And if you're far enough in ministry, you go, but I've got 10 names for you that I think would be your, your gal that you could recruit and do those things. And so saying no and staying in your gifting is going to lead to, I think, greater enjoyment in what you do. Um, 
this fourth one, my, my boss calls it, what keeps you funny? That's what he asked me. And early on, I was like, I don't know what you mean by that. And over time, I've learned that's his shorthand way of saying, what stirs your affections for the Lord? And so it is a command that we would love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I think people know that. It's a pretty popular Bible verse. But when you ask people, how do you actually do that? How are you, Kay, how are you, Nike, loving God with your heart, with your soul, with your mind, with your strength? And I think what we're finding is that people, there are things that people do that naturally stir their affections for the Lord. And I'm like, then do those things, you know? And I'm not saying hobby for the rest of your life and ignore responsibilities, but I am saying God has has a unique relationship with each of us. And so for me, uh, when I build things with my hands and I spend that time praying, it's really therapeutic for me, more therapeutic than getting a facial or whatever those things might be. And so I'm not saying create hobbies. I'm not saying that. I'm saying find the spiritual disciplines and the time you spend with the Lord that stirs your affection for Him. Because if you stop loving God in the midst of ministry, you, you might as well just pack it up at that point. Um, and that, that really ties into this fifth and final one for me, which is you have to delight in God more than you delight in working for God. And so there are, there are inherent benefits to working for God. People tend to like you. They can celebrate you. They can praise you. Um, you get a sense of fulfillment. You get a sense of self-esteem. People praise you for things that you're doing that it seems on the outside is out of an, is a real delight and love for God. But if we're not careful, sometimes our delight for working for God can trump loving and delighting in God. And that is dangerous because then you become bitter and frustrated when ministry is hard, when there's disappointment, when you fail. Um, but if you're doing it because you just delight in God, then failure is, oh, well, my dad still loves me and we'll get it next time. And, um, or if it, things are hard, you go, well, yeah, ministry is hard, but God loves us and he's with us and for us. And, but if it's, I'm just doing this for the Atta girl, <laughs> you're going to crash and burn. And so I would say a lo- all of this maybe could be boiled into of really knowing who you are, how God has made you, staying in those areas saying no to the things that you shouldn't be saying no to, and really continuing to have these litmus tests on your hearts of, am I crazy about God? And if I am, ministry is, I mean, you've been there. We all know ministry seasons when we're just, can't stop talking about God because we're just enjoying Him so much. And then we know the seasons when it's like, ugh, I've got to go to so-and-so's house because they just had a baby, and I've got to take them a quiche, and you know, whatever those things are. I've never brought anyone a quiche, but I hear people do that. In you can buy them. I hear that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm more of the deliver food to your house, yes. yeah, meal train person, but yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Nike. I think this is really helpful. I, I certainly understand everything that you yeah. just suggested and probably fallen into pretty much all of them myself. Yeah. And, and so I would just encourage all of you as leaders to really think through what Nika has just shared with us and really evaluate to see where you are, um, how you're doing in these areas because they really are important. It's really important. Um, we also have some videos on burnout which deal with some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are important things to understand. Soul care, we've got a, a video series on soul care. So I just encourage you to go to our website, beyondordinarywomen.org, and just browse a little bit and see what else might be helpful to you as you think about being able to last a long time in ministry. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcasts and information about women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. 
This podcast was produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Kay Halligan, Deborah Herring, Sharifa Stevens, and John Sparks. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used by courtesy of Christine Miller.